This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Coming up, and for the full two hours, geoengineering, or as we used to say, chemtrails, with the filmmaker and activist Matt Landman. Carlos Cagina is the technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet, tonight. Please hit that red sub button. Well, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and 43-year-old quarterback Tom Brady, the winner of seven Super Bowl rings. And if he plays much longer, he's going to run out of fingers. Uh, I don't know. Do they make Super Bowl toe rings? I hope not. That That's just, that's not on. That would not be right. Um, you can say hello and follow me on Twitter at Richard Serrett. And I'm also now on Gab. I like Gab. I like uh, Gab founder Andrew Torba. Uh, so you can follow me on Gab as well, at Richard Serrett. And I'm on Parlor too, once they get that back up and running. Uh, and Ryan is also posting the uh, program on Rumble. So if you want to head over to rumble.com and subscribe to my, cha- my channel there, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. So lots of ways to keep in touch. And I just finished today. I published the February edition of my monthly newsletter inner sanctum and sent that out to my subscribers and it's absolutely free just go to strangeplanet.ca to subscribe strangeplanet.ca all we need is your email address it takes but a minute and then you get the neat newsletter uh delivered right to your email inbox every month and it includes my monthly brief which is basically my opinions on what's happening in the news there's also My podcast pick of the month for Conspiracy Unlimited, there's a book club, a spotlight on a previous guest, uh, an in-the-news section, and more. Again, that's Inner Sanctum, and you can subscribe at strangeplanet.ca. 
So Harvard University researchers have been given permission by the Swedish Space Corporation to carry out a test uh, next year that may lead to releasing artificial particles into the air to partially block out the sun. Uh, This approach could potentially reduce global warming and cool our planet, but it's raised geoengineering concerns among environmentalists. In Sweden, plans to fly a test balloon next year are, are already underway. The test balloon will not release any particles into the atmosphere, but could be a step towards an experiment, perhaps in the autumn of 2021 or the spring of 2022. Uh, These experiments may see up to two kilograms of non-toxic calcium carbonate dust released into the atmosphere. And this all sounds kind of familiar, right? We've been talking about this sort of thing on this program for 20 years. Now they call it geoengineering, but again, we generally call it chemtrails. Here to discuss is Matt Landman. Matt has gained Recognition as a leader in 5G and geoengineering chemtrail awareness activism. He presents unprecedented and view-changing information directly from official documentation and accepted research. Matt created the social change documentary Frankenskies, bringing awareness to ongoing atmospheric aerosol injections, chemtrails, weather modification programs, and geoengineering. He's hosted a series of conferences, events, and protests concerning the questions surrounding chemtrails and relentlessly continues to speak out against the ongoing lies in our skies, as he calls them. In 2018, Matt hosted the third global summit to stop geoengineering in Tucson, Arizona, protesting the Scopex sky dimming experiment, after which The experiment was placed on uh, ongoing hiatus, although it looks like that hiatus is over. Let's welcome Matt Landman back to The Conspiracy Show. Hey, Matt, how are you, my friend? Hi, Richard. So honored to be on. Thank you so much. How are you today? Um, uh, Terrific. Thank you. And we're we're great. uh, We're so glad to have you uh, back on the program. So I, I mentioned Uh, the hiatus appears to be over and that this sky dimming experiment is back on in earnest. Um, So tell us a little bit, SCOPEX, that's the the acronym. Uh, What does that stand for? So this one stands for the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment. Um, All these different acronyms that the geoengineering researchers, they use these different, um, you know, words to, to try to sugarcoat it. They've got one called solar ma- radiation management. They've got another called uh, SPICE, uh, stratospheric particle injection for climate engineering. They've got another one called TAP, tropospheric aerosol program. They've got stratospheric aerosol injections, SAI, and even uh, CARE, the charged aerosol release experiment through NASA. But yeah, the Scopex one, the what, reason why this is so important is because it's in the public eye, and they're, they're trying to um, basically convince the public that we need this to save us from ourselves, from, to save us from global warming, essentially. But in the end, it won't be calcium carbonate 
and it won't be diamond dust like they originally said that they were going to do, and it won't be sulfur like they, they claim they might try. It'll eventually be metallics. It'll be aerosolized aluminum, barium, and whatnot, but they're just trying to slowly reverse engineer what they're doing and to convince the public that they haven't been doing it the whole time. Right. I was just going to say that you, you rhymed off a number of these programs and the acronyms, and they're making it sound like we're thinking about maybe by the end of this year, sending up literally a trial balloon and releasing uh, uh, carbonate, uh, or uh, which is, you know, non-toxic. So there are what? Something like I, I, I recently watched uh, Rosalind Peterson's address to the United Nations, and she's uh, with the I think it's called the Agriculture Defense league or something like that she's in california she's concerned about these various programs and their effect on on agriculture and and food production but she she said there's something like 50 no fewer than 50 weather modification programs going on either in the united states or internationally now that that speech is i don't know maybe a decade and a half old now uh, how many how many of these programs are going on without public oversight? Well, that's a great question. Um, it just it basically depends on how much research you do. We know that there's the NASA program, the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, and NASA has a budget of $52 million a day. I think a lot of the drones that we see in the sky, and if you look at the patents, there's a barium release rocket patent going all the way back to the late 70s. A lot of these programs are ongoing, and if you just do a little digging, like the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, there's a document, Tropospheric Aerosol Program, through the Department of Energy, and that was released in 2001 and outlines an entire agenda of, of the fleet of drones that will be used. They don't even refer to contrails as contrails. They refer to them as precursor gases. So come to find out the contrail is a con, and they're just mixing chemicals up there with long and shorter trails. And how many programs are ongoing? It's really hard to say. But the truth of the matter is they're trying to bring it into the public awareness and have us basically consent to us through the propaganda. But in the end, they want us to consent so that they can launch full-scale deployment globally. So why now are they basically going public and, and telling us, well, we're thinking about doing it, although we suspect and you would you would be a little more firmer in that you, you would say we definitely know and have known that for decades they've been doing these sorts of things. So why now are they saying, all right, now we're going to try it? What's the timing here? What's the, the, the rationale? Well, you know what, Richard, that's a really great question. And I'd love to start a conversation there because it seems like the powers that be want the public to really fear Bill Gates and to have him in this eye of being the boogeyman and and while we're in fear we're hopeless you know it's it's when we rise out of fear and step step us out of that frequency and vibrate in integrity and truth and all these other things and love and you know we we can't do anything in fear when we're stuck in fear we're not going to do anything but it seems like that the the media wants us to know that bill gates is the number one um, agriculture farm owner now in the united states the media wants us to know that he's got a depopulation agenda underway. And the media wants us to know that he's behind the vaccines. The media wants us to know that he's behind this now 
experiment that's becoming so publicized. It wasn't that public before when they were trying to sneak it, you know, to, into the public eye in um, Southwest United States. But now the, the media is running with it. And now Bill Gates, the boogeyman, is not only blocking out the sun, he's, he's claimed the sugar daddy for the geoengineering. So he's the, he's the money behind this operation. He's also this depopulation, and he's not even a doctor or anything like that. And the media is letting us know. That's the one thing. And so, so why now? Why make it public now and then give us this boogeyman and try to – I think it's to – when I analyze the media, I analyze what they try to do to the public. In the last um, election in the United States, the, the, the people went out and voted. Well, yeah, the election was compromised, but they voted in hate. They voted out of hate, and they voted out of fear. And in those frequencies, it, they, they didn't even care that, he, that Biden was a pedophile, you know, and they consented to well, a very we have to be agenda. careful about that. Yeah, that, that's all alleged. We have to be careful. Oh, right, 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 right. But it seemed like that the media wanted us to hate him but still vote for him out of fear is where I'm going. So why do they want us to know that they're doing it? I think that they need some sort of consent to escalate the, the agenda to control the sunlight of the world. And they can't just completely block out the sun without letting us know that they're doing it. So it's, it's partly that they need our consent in some sort of way, but partly they want to launch a full-scale deployment, and they can't just do that without us scratching our heads and wondering what's going on. So from their standpoint, or what, what they want us to believe about the stratospheric control disturbance, ex, uh, disturbance experiment, this idea that they're going to release uh, initially non-toxic substances into the, the atmosphere, and then later, perhaps, as you say, metals like barium and aluminum and strontium. Um, from their standpoint, they're trying to convince us that these, th that this geoengineering project, w by dimming the sun, will will forestall global warming. Um, and again, coming from their perspective and and what they're trying to convince us of, how would that ostensibly work? How would releasing these particulates cool the planet? Well, first off, it seems like that they're playing God, making some very massive assumptions. I haven't seen sea levels rise one inch, and I've lived on the ocean, and I've been to marshes that are zero sea level. I don't think that we're in this dire situation. And the exacerbated weather conditions that they do call climate change, such as uh, massive hurricanes, and engineered fires and whatnot, the geoengineering could be used to put out these fires, to engineer rain, to cure droughts, and instead droughts are created to point the finger at climate change to then say that we need geoengineering to block out the sun. It's this Hegelian dialectic problem-reaction-solution where we're really being cornered with the lies to convince us that we need the lies as the solution. So already it doesn't make sense. But what they claim they want to do is reflect back light into space. It's called increasing the albedo or the reflectivity of the Earth. So the supposedly too much sunlight is coming to Earth, and these um, rogue scientists or Harvard, let's be real, this one David Keith character out of uh, Calgary suburbs, he wants, he's a professor at Harvard, and he's just a professor researcher at Harvard with funding from Bill Gates. 
not Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation, but private donations from just Bill Gates. And he claims that by spraying stuff in the atmosphere to create an artificial cloud layer of some sort of chemical constituent, that light can be bounced back into space and we can cool down the planet. But no mention of a potential greenhouse effect. Okay, so there's a lot of propaganda um, predictive programming films out there. And one of them is called Snowpiercer. And the film Snowpiercer in 2013, the, um, the film takes place on a train carrying the last remnants of humanity after an attempt at climate engineering in order to stop global warming has un- unintentionally created an ice age and killed almost all of humanity. So by putting an artificial cloud there, and, one, and they say once they start, they can't stop. So what David Keith has said, and if you watch my film Frankenskies, please um, if anybody hasn't seen it, Frankenskies is a historical documentary starting in the 1920s. By the time the film gets to the 1950s and 60s, it's very self-evident that the weather can and likely is controlled. So then we should start to think about droughts and fires and heat waves and all these things, and the media points to global warming and says we need to dim the sun and geoengineering and all these things. We can start to see the bigger picture. The film ended in 2017 when it was released, and I'm working on Frankenskies 2 now, Climate Chains, like shackles, back to that Hegelian dialectic. But in the film, David Keith elaborates and says, firstly, what he started pitching was that he wanted to put up diamond dust. And this is how the public is being spoon-fed the lies to get to the actual truth that has been ongoing for decades in our skies, the lies in our skies that we're finally becoming, realizing, right? So what happened was David Keith started pitching that we needed to put up diamond dust in the sky first. But he didn't think he could get it to stick, and he thought it could reflect back light, but it was going to be really expensive. He told the public this, right? And so the public gets to be involved and say, oh, I know diamonds are expensive. Then they thought they were going to float mirrors to, to bounce back the light into space. And they realized they couldn't really get the mirrors to float very well. Then David Keith started going around on the different media outlets saying – um, that he wanted to spray sulfur, but it might create acid rain and might kill a lot of people. So then the idea of the calcium carbonate came up, and the headlines ran with it and said it's just like spraying baking soda in the atmosphere, but it's harmless. But David Keith has given lectures saying that it's, it, doesn't stick, um, it doesn't stick in the atmosphere well, it coagulates, it falls out of the sky, and the best way that he has found in labs is spraying oxidized nanoparticulate aluminum. And he's got variable sizes of nanoparticulate aluminum, and he thinks he knows which size works best. So ultimately, it seems like that the experiment's just going to slowly spoon-feed the public and finally get us to the point where it's aluminum oxide. And the, the patents all the while for weather modification and whatnot, and even geoengineering and spraying from planes and, and all this sort of stuff, it's, it's been aluminum this, the whole time. Aluminum mixed with barium and, and um, strontium, that's what the Charge Aerosol Release Experiment Program, CARE, through NASA, NASA, again, with a budget of $52 million a day, NASA has a fleet of planes and drones and all this, and they make, quote, noctilucent clouds. They make experimental clouds using aluminum, barium, and strontium. They say it publicly, right, you they, have to do a little digging. They also send them up in rockets with those, they heat those canisters and send those up. And um, I've read where they, some people in the northern skies, they think they're actually looking at the northern lights like an aurora borealis. But in fact, they're seeing one of these experiments. They're seeing, because these 
I guess I don't know the 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 well you tell me the mixture of aluminum barium strontium can that produce the, the colors of an aurora? Well, actually, yes, and I've seen misinformation, disinfo, or pro- I've seen propaganda from NASA when they release these aerosols, saying, "Don't worry, if you see these different colors in the sky, um, red is barium, and blue is this and that." So, definitely, yes, I've seen articles from NASA explaining what we're seeing in the sky, and it's not the aurora borealis. So, in other words, they're telling us that they're about to do this, but. In fact, they have been doing this with aluminum particulates for, what, decades, 40, 50 years? Um, It seems like the family photos started to show up. A lot of these persistent linear cirrus cloud formations out of the back of jets, the grid patterns started to show up in the early 90s. Um, To give a little history, in the mid-60s, um, the airline industry started introducing and became very prevalent very quick the high bypass turbofan jet engine. And these jet engines, they don't produce hot air. They, it's just a fan. And the combustion is internal. And it's, it's not like the, what you imagine on like Top Gun or something like that. These, all these planes spewing out, blasting hot air. And then there's this condensation potential in the atmosphere or whatever. No, these are fans. These are fans that, that are titanium and steel, massive two-ton engines, and they don't produce hot air. So these, this, the whole con of a contrail and, and trying to figure out the humidity of the atmosphere and whatnot, it doesn't take a meteorologist or weatherman to realize that we've been conned. And a lot of this footage, when you zoom in, you can see that the lines aren't even coming out of the engines. So it's like it doesn't take a genius. But, but okay. that aside, no, hang on, Matt, yeah, I've got a, people, Matt, just people hold have on. been I've, definitely witnessing Matt, I've it. Got a break. Full Sorry, on. Matt, I've got a break. I've got to take a time out here. Oh, go we'll, for it, uh, yes. Okay, we'll come back and we'll pick up on that point because I want to ask you about how the aluminum particulates uh, get out into the atmosphere, how they're sprayed, because some people think they, they're mixed in with the jet fuel, but you can't run aluminum particulates through an engine without, I would imagine, without destroying it, but we'll we'll pick up on that. Matt Landman is here. Franken-Skies is the movie. Back with more of our discussion on geoengineering and chemtrails right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. So, Matt, we were talking about the aluminum particulates that that they are spraying. Not that they're planning on spraying. Uh, and you say this goes back to the early 90s. So they're not running, they're not mixing. And this this came out, you know, some people were claiming that they were mixing the aluminum particulates with the jet fuel. And that never made sense to me because if you would run aluminum particulates through a jet engine, I wouldn't think it would last very long. So how are they doing it? Uh, primarily, and I've, I've definitely seen footage of what looks to be airlines that um, have sort of sprayers outfit on it, but that's rare compared to the drones. I believe that there are fleets of drones through the NASA program, through the Department of Energy program, through the CIA, through the U.S. government. You know, I'm sure Canada's working with, and I mean, there's, if you don't play ball with the United States when it comes to covert operations, you know, we'll do the job for you, it seems. But it, Definitely, I feel like the majority are unmanned drones 
that are these glider type lightweight drone apparatus and also these um, barium release rockets that literally like shoot up from the air and, and then mix, I mean up from the ground like, like a rocket to mix at a vertical angle the chemicals because they don't just mix, they don't just put up aluminum, they mix it with different chemicals to get different reactions and then they even use antenna arrays on the ground to superheat the atmosphere that the, that the metallics have been sprayed, okay? So there's a lot going on to create high-pressure systems, to create weather engineering. It's not just geoengineering that they're doing right now. That's the big issue because we have this broad term or this kind of limited term geoengineering, but that doesn't include the experiments that they do spraying different chemicals on cities such as uh, radioactive elements, or even lithium. There's a lot of testing that's been... Oh, and also I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, Rosalind Peterson has recently passed away, rest in peace. Oh, um, I didn't yeah. know that. Which is, which is a shame because she was a, yes. a much-needed voice of reason in the, in the United Nations on this issue. One thing to mention, so to answer your question, drones with sprayers and the technology has been advancing and advancing over the past decades. One thing to mention is the aluminum oxide is, a, is also a patented fire accelerant. So over these years, people have been seeing these lines show up in their skies. And if they're lucky enough to get a rain the next day, truth-seeking people have gotten rainwater analysis, and it shows extremely high levels of these barium, aluminum, strontium, which, max, which they match right up to the patents on the weather modification or the geoengineering and whatnot. So people have started to connect the dots in their own way. But never did they really realize why these lines were showing up over forests. Like, what were they doing all this time spraying our forests? Well, now we've got a tinderbox where these patented fire accelerants have been sprayed on our forests for decades. And then when these fires erupt, for instance, last year, California got 11,000 lightning strikes in about a 48-hour time frame. It was a world record. There had never been that many lightning strikes in such a short amount of time. All these fires erupted in California, and the media points the finger at climate change. Well, the technology exists to precipitate lightning, like with lasers. And it's in the film Frank and Skies, they discussed it. So the technology does exist, but also the technology exists to seed rain clouds, to make rain out of just about anything. In this film, Frankenskies, when they first start research, it, they're, they're dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, dry ice. They're using dry ice, which is frozen carbon dioxide, to seed clouds, and they're manipulating the weather that way. They won't tell you that they've sharpened their tools of weather modification through the use of dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but they have. So at the end of the day... There's this very narrow term, geoengineering, that seems kind of good if you're worried about global warming or climate change or anything like that. But at the end of the day, they don't know if it'll even create a greenhouse effect and put us into a warming or if it'll create a catastrophic ice age or what exactly will happen if they do what they claim they want to do. But what they will do is launch full-scale deployment where we'll actually be witnessing it all the time, everywhere, and the powers that be will get to dictate who gets sunlight and who does not. Did you see, sorry to go on a tangent, but did you see that water was just recently commoditized, that water is now in the stock market? I didn't see that, but I know that uh, Nestle's, for example, uh, has been buying up uh, a lot of water all over the place, and I, I think the Bush family has been very active in buying up uh, natural water aquifers in, in different places. 
definitely. But just a couple of weeks ago, um, side by side with timber and pork bellies and oil and gold and silver, we now have water being traded on the stock market. If you can dictate who gets water, when and where, you can make a lot of money and you can control the world. The, the world somehow knows that we can seed clouds when it comes to ski resorts and we can seed clouds when it comes to filling up hydro dams for power companies, but seeding clouds over droughted farmland or reservoirs or fires somehow just doesn't make the mainstream media. Right, right. Well, they they were seeding clouds during uh, Vietnam uh, to uh, you know the, the the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The the U.S. wanted to prevent Ho Chi Minh from moving arms along that trail, and of course they used Agent Orange. But they also supposedly uh, made it rain, at, you know, in order to to make it muddy, right? In order to slow the movement of. Uh, weapons up and down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. At least that's what I read. I don't know if that's apocryphal or not, but um, you mentioned the, uh, the, the, the fires in, in California. And um, one of the things uh, Rosalind Peterson was talking about to the United Nations, the late uh, Rosalind Peterson, was that with, with the aluminum, uh, it gets into the root system of these trees and it prevents the trees from absorbing water uh, and so it it appears as if the trees are actually dying from drought, but it's not drought. The rain could be there. They're just not able to, the trees are not able to take the water in because of the aluminum. Um, can, can you tell me anything more about that? I mean, does that make sense to you? Yes. And then when the trees have absorbed the aluminum and they can no longer uptake proper amounts of water, they have the aluminum embedded inside of them, which is aluminum oxide, which is a patented fire accelerant. So when these fires come whipping through, these trees are now, I mean, they're exploding from the inside out in some situations. So let's not forget that engineered windstorms are put on top of these fires when we could very easily do the exact opposite and make rain. And yes, to answer your question, the Ho Chi Minh Trail was flooded, the rain season was extended, that footage along with the Agent Orange, a lot of it, a lot of it is in Frankenstein's because again, Frankenstein's is chronological, historical timeline. It goes through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that's in the 60s. But in the 20s, already in the 20s, we were sharpening our tools of weather modification. And the world knew after Vietnam, the world came together, the United Nations voted and 52 to 0, all the countries came together and said that nobody should be using weather as a weapon anymore because they saw what the U.S. did in Vietnam. It was well known that the weather was weaponized in that case. These are, in many cases, private companies that are conducting these weather, weather modification programs, correct? They're not, this is not just the government. Well, there's, there's a lot. There's, the government uh, has some extreme technology they first started with like this harp antenna array in Alaska, but now these ionosphere heaters are mobile and they're deployed all over the world and they utilize intersecting radio frequency waves in the atmosphere. It's Tesla technology. And when you see the sky um, after chemtrail spray, it'll, the spray will dissipate into a haze and then you can see this ripple pattern form. It's the, it's the heating of the ionosphere or the different layers of the atmosphere. A heating is occurring through this, this Tesla 
technology. This heart, this highly active auroral research program is how it started off, but now they're called ionospheric heaters. And this technology is, is super complex and getting more advanced and in the hands of DARPA now. But yes, there are all sorts of companies. If you've got enough money, you can make it not rain or rain on your, weather, on your wedding day, whichever you prefer. And if you've got enough money, you can make it rain on your farm. And if you've got enough money, if you've got enough money, you can do basically anything with the weather. So there are all sorts of smaller private companies that you can employ if you'd like. The U.S. Uh, or the Pentagon, I guess, had that white paper back in the 1990s, I guess, owning the weather by 2025. Um I mean, obviously, they're way ahead of schedule then. Uh, yeah, the U.S. Air Force, they – and it's funny how these, these documents get released. I mean, they know that, that they're getting in the hands of the public. It's not like it's leaked information. It seems like that they kind of want us to know so that we can consent to it, I guess, or so that they're, you know, sidestepping some – karmic obligations by letting us know or maybe it's just to condition us i mean they tell us in the films and whatnot it's maybe it's a, a programming thing so that it's, if it's hidden in plain sight then we won't really react to it because they're, they're letting us know that they're doing it while they're doing it so you know it's, it's it's confusing but definitely it's right there in our face isn't it Absolutely. All right, Matt, we'll take another time out. Come back. Uh, the next segment is a short one, six minutes. We will open up the phone lines at the top of the hour and take questions and comments on geoengineering and time permitting. We'll also get into uh, 5G with Matt Landman, filmmaker, Franken Skies, released in 2017. We'll tell you how you can screen that and uh, we can look ahead to Franken Skies 2 uh, somewhere on the horizon. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Franken Skies, the movie, uh, is available. How, how do people screen that, Matt? Oh, it's online for free at frankenskies.com. And then now I've got frankenskies2.com, and there's even a place on there where you can upload your chemtrail uh, pictures or footage and whatnot. And if anybody has any ideas for interviews for Frankenskies too. It's it's easy finding the bad guys out there. It's it's not that easy finding the good guys when it comes to this this uh, realm. So I'm really happy for and uh, open for suggestions. All right, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do, you mentioned the um, forest fires in California, and you mentioned the technology to create lightning and lasers and so forth, and kind of reminded me of um, uh, Republican uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, who has found herself in a lot of hot water and has been kicked off a bunch of committees and has been labeled as an, uh, an extremist and a conspiracy theorist. And I mean, she said some other things in addition to that, but she's taken a lot of flack for, for, you know, suggesting that that these fires were set deliberately using lasers. So just tell me, talk to me a little bit about Marjorie Green Taylor aside, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green aside, rather. What 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 is this technology uh, that allows uh, them to set these fires? Um, It's it goes back to the harp antenna arrays. And precipitating lightning with lasers 
comes from like this do- the Doppler radar, I believe. It's technology and I'm not 100% familiar with, but it's, it's, it's definitely gone over briefly while they brag about it in the film Frankenskies in about uh, 2015. Um, the, oh, I forget the name of the, the, the scientist that, that's talking about it. But definitely we can, we can light fires. I don't think, I think that it's a distraction, the directed energy weapon of like coming from drones and whatnot. It's not that lasers are being shot from drones to start the fires. And then the extreme fires where we have the homes pulverized and whatnot, I do believe it's directed energy, but it's the surging of smart meters at the ground level. You can weaponize a neighborhood if you can just crank up these smart meters and get them to pulverize the home, and you can steer that energy either way you wanted. The power companies that are basically saying in the United States, PG&E, which was Enron, which totally corrupted, they went bankrupt and said that there was a power line surge. They're just not saying that it was the smart meters. But if you do the research and you see how much that smart meter can surge into a home and you see the footage of these homes that are pulverized from the inside out with trees and picket fences and everything wood untouched, it starts to add up. But I don't think it was lasers from the sky. I think that was in a distraction and how exactly the um, powers that be make lightning. I'm not 100% on the technology, but I know it comes from this DARPA Doppler uh, these, there's these massive golf ball looking things that are mobile that are called Doppler radar, but they're actually these ionosphere heaters that can precipitate lightning as well, I'm, I'm, I've heard. And for what purpose? Why deliberately set these forest fires? Well, the fires are to, I think, make headlines to, I mean, like, it's, it's so diabolical and the whys add up, you know, the whys really do add up. Why, why, why? But it's a very, small group of nefarious characters that want to control who gets sunlight. And if they can really pitch this geoengineering thing to the public and say that they're going to spray the skies and only some people get sun and some people don't and, and all these impacts that will happen, these fires are they're, they're pointing the finger at climate change. Every time there's a drought, every time there's a massive hurricane, every time there's any engineered disaster that's being engineered through the use of geoengineering tools that they've refined over the decades, they're pointing the finger at global warming and climate change, and and slowly but surely the media is convincing the world that something needs to be done, something drastic. And eventually it leads down the way to global carbon tax, one world government, smart tech, smart meters, and all this monitoring that we really do not want, this technocracy that we do not want. So the idea of putting all of these particulates into the air to to dim the sun, uh, isn't that going to wreak havoc on photosynthesis and, and food production? Well, of course it will. And to what degree the powers that be do not know. Literally playing God with our sun that provides everything that we need. I mean, there's all this writing on the wall of a food shortage. And it seems like that now that the... So there's this, there's this big game with the Trump administration. And the whole world got to point the finger at Trump and say, oh, dirty energy and coal. And he didn't do the right thing with COVID. He didn't do the right thing with climate change. We have to do the opposite of what he did. So it's very, it's very likely that the Biden administration will push this geoengineering to an extreme. But the public has been fear-mongered into... Hopefully, they're hopeful for some sort of intervention into this chaos, which is fires in Australia, fires in California, 
hurricanes and drought and all these things that fall under the loose term of global warming and climate change that the media gets to fearmonger us into thinking we need something to happen and we can science our way out of it. And now if you don't go along with the mainstream and the, the science narrative, all of a sudden you're, I mean, hate to say it, you're racist or something like that. Like people need to take a step back and see that we're really being bamboozled and letting a small group of rogue scientists determine who gets sunlight, when and where. And actually it might totally backfire and create an ice age or all these other implications so to answer your question, of course plants need photosynthesis, and if you really start to mess that up, if we get one season where our crops don't produce food, we will be in deep, deep trouble. And it's no wonder that Monsanto has patents on aluminum-resistant genetics when the entire sky and the ecosystem might be completely aluminized in the near future. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't know about uh, Monsanto and that patent. All right, we will uh, take another quick timeout, come back. Matt Landman with us for the full two hours. Next hour, we'll open up the phone lines. We'll also uh, get into 5G. Back with more. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. From Zoomer Radio. All right, uh, we are with Matt Landman, and documentary filmmaker, activist, geoengineering uh, activist, and we're talking about the uh, the latest project uh, that is set to begin, perhaps sometime later this this year in the fall. Uh, it's a uh, a project to dim the sun. And wouldn't you know it, our favorite Bond villain, Bill Gates, is behind this one, too. He's a busy man. And uh, this is, I guess, first proposed uh, by Harvard University and uh, this study. They're going to send up initially a, a balloon with some non-toxic material like a calcium carbonate and um, and then... Well, Matt Landman fears that from there they will eventually get around to aluminum particulates. Although they're telling us they're going to do that, they have in fact been doing that, he says, since probably the early 90s. Now, the uh, you mentioned Monsanto and um, uh, having patented um, seeds that can withstand uh, soil that are high in aluminum. Was that the uh, the idea? Oh, yes, definitely. And then also they've gotten patents on plants that don't get much sunlight, you know, um, sunlight or um, what do they call resistant to no sun, (laughs) you know, the the geoengineering specific crop patents, basically. Right. Um, So if it's not to forestall global warming, because, as you say, this is the Hegelian dialectic, they they create this fear and panic about global warming so that they can offer the cure, which uh, so in other words, there is no disease. There's only the cure. But what is the cure really for? Well, Lyndon B. Johnson said it right after JFK died. He he um, gave a speech and he gnashed his teeth while he said, control the weather, you control the world. And it's hard for us. It's really difficult for the listeners because everyone always asks me, why would they do it to us? Why would they do it to themselves? Or people say, they wouldn't do that to us, you know? But people don't 
put themselves in the shoes of a sociopath, narcissist, power-hungry elite, probably satanic, you know, evil, nefarious, very small group of elitist scumbags that want complete and total control. Is it Georgia Guidestones? They want to deplete this? The, 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 do they want to knock down the population? I don't know. But I do put the pieces of the puzzle together when I look at 5G, for instance. You know, 5G ultimately seems like that it will create a dystopian future where the next generation won't be able to procreate. Why is there a full-on attack on the next generation with vaccines and the food, even fluoride in the water and all these different things? You know, the why is, is really a, a big, big question that at the end of the day, I can't answer 100%, but I start to get, lean to good and evil and God and the Satan and all sorts of stuff like that. Because I can't wrap my head around why someone would want to take away the life force energy, our sun, from our children and our plants and all life on earth. It makes no sense to me, to be quite honest. But in the end, why would someone want complete and total control? Why would someone put poisonous ingredients in experimental vaccines and all these other things? You know, it seems like that the powers that be are afraid of us that the day that we become conscious of our true powers and our potential, you know, ascension program or whatever we're really here to do on a spiritual sense, then we're going to really come together and win the battle that is waging against us without our really knowing. So until then, you know, people are going to have to scratch their heads and wonder why we're under attack. I, I believe it is about spiritual warfare at a, at, a, at a certain level, at the very top, really, or at the or the bottom, however you want to look at it, at the root uh, of of this issue. It's it's spiritual warfare, uh, as with most major challenges facing mankind. And that's why, you know, we're, we're always trying to find a political solution to what is ultimately a spiritual uh, problem. Um the impact of aluminum and barium and strontium uh, on the on the human human body. I mean, I, I believe there is a pretty strong uh, connection, correlation at least, but perhaps even a connection between aluminum in the water and in the soil and things like Alzheimer's and dementia, which seem to be at epidemic levels. Definitely a very uh, strong correlation or even causation. One toxic combination is fluoride and aluminum. Aluminum production, like the aluminum, the, the, produ the actual production of aluminum, the aluminum industry has a byproduct, a toxic byproduct that, gets, that comes off of aluminum, which is fluoride. So the two are actually bonded together at one point. So the two, when, when mixed in your body, so you can get fluoride from maybe, let's say, these masks. So the, the, the polytetrafluoroethylene, PTFE masks, these one-time-use blue surgical masks are laced with this Teflon called PTFE. I encourage people to look up PTFE masks, and then you can see the polytetrafluoroethylene masks, and then you can see that these one-time-use medical surgical masks that people are using during the issue that we're, the world is facing with this COVID nonsense and whatnot, that people are absorbing a lot of, of fluoride from this. Or you can get the fluoride from your tap water or your toothpaste or whatever. But the fluoride, once it's in your body, 
it can bypass the blood-brain barrier and go into your brain. And that can, it can actually escort aluminum past the blood-brain barrier. And the two create a toxic combination in your brain, literally a chemical reaction in your brain when the two connect. And you have these little explosions in your brain. So if people are having little explosions in their brain from getting aluminum and fluoride mixed. And mind you, there's aluminum in deodorant. There's aluminum in the geoengineering in the air. There's aluminum in these vaccines, toxic levels of aluminum in these vaccines. So when you get the two mixed together, yeah, you have Alzheimer's going through the roof, dementia going through the roof, brain fog and all these other things. And it links even to the Naval Research Study when you talk about um, the Naval Research Study on rats, um, on EMF. When we start to talk about the blood-brain barrier, there seems to be an attack on breaking that down and making it more permeable and getting these different chemicals in our brains to control us. Once there's 5G antenna everywhere and we've got metals in our brain, conductive metals in our brain, and there's 5G frequencies which can literally alter the frequency in your brain if they wanted to, we're going to be in for a mess. But between now and then, it's important to comprehend that the Navy, the Navy, for instance, did a research study on EMF with ink in um, rat brains. And just low levels of EMF broke down the blood-brain barrier and showed the brain leakage where the ink, would le- would, the ink leaked throughout the rat's bodies because of the EMF breaking down the blood-brain barrier. So we've got EMS fields from 5G increasing radiation levels that can break down our blood-brain barrier to help this aluminum get into our brain. You've got fluoride, toxic combination. And yes, the, the leading cause of death in the UK ha- is, has overpassed heart disease and cancer and all this. And now, well, this is before COVID, but now it's, it's actually Alzheimer's is the leading death. The leading, leading cause of death in the UK. So it's very important to, to look at these aluminum connections and to detox from these things. I think it's so important for people to understand that taking your health into your own hands and detoxing and sweating this stuff out and learning how to be up to speed on your minerals so you're not absorbing toxic minerals and to, you know, understand. Like, if people just understood the simple things like why GMO foods are GMO. GMO foods are genetically modified so that they can withstand getting poisoned with stuff like Roundup. If these plants weren't modified genetically, they would die when they're poisoned with these herbicides. So we don't, once we start to acknowledge this and we can start to read ingredients and learn different things and take our health in our own hands, we can really honor the truth with integrity and honor our own health and learn about the truth and the knowledge is really empowering at that point. It seems almost though the, the, it's too, too late. I mean, or, or is it? It's too late oh, it's to stop this. Late. And if we're here and we're embracing the truth, that means we're here to, you know, shine that light bright enough for the others to find their way out of the dark. We're just at the cusp of a massive awakening, you know, and we're just, I, I hate to say that we're the, the um, path, um, what do you call it? We're burning, we're the trailblazers. We're the trailblazers. And it might be kind of lonely being the black sheep, but with all of this darkness being so pervasive recently, it's a beautiful environment for all of these seeds that we've been planting to finally find that fruit, fertile soil and to, and to actually come, come to blooming, you know? All this time we've been planting these seeds as truthers, and, and bless you for having your show, and there's, it's fallen on a lot of deaf ears. A lot of people, you know, are on the same page, and we've woken up a lot of people, but so many people have had these seeds planted. But now that there's so much darkness, 
it's letting the light actually see the darkness. And once you see the darkness, you can see the lightness. And once you see both, then you can see the duality and the polarity and where we live, you know. This isn't just a place of fear. This is a place of fear and love. And if you can see both and start to snap out of this trance that they're trying to put you in of fear, then you can really embrace the power that we all have. Well, a good place to start might be to check out Matt Landman's uh, film, Frankenskies the Movie, and you can screen it absolutely free, frankenskiesthemovie.com, frankenskiesthemovie.com, and we've linked up uh, to, to uh, Matt's website as well at uh, strangeplanet.ca. All right, uh, Matt, uh, go uh, rehydrate and get ready for hour two. We're going to let loose the phone lines as well and take questions and comments, 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Get ready for hour two. Stay with us. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. And we are wall-to-wall geoengineering Uh, With a little 5G thrown in for good measure, or bad measure, as the case may be, filmmaker activist Matt Landman is here, frankenskiesthemovie.com, and we'll get back to that discussion in a moment. I just wanted to speak to uh, Patreon supporters here for a moment, or those considering uh, becoming a Patreon supporter. There are uh, three donor tiers to choose from if you'd like to get involved and become an official sponsor. Patreon.com slash strange planet. Patreon.com slash strange planet. Um, as I say, three tiers to choose from, but you can give whatever you like, really. There's a rogue researcher tier, $5 a month. And for that, you get the strange planet feature. Uh, that's a, a, an old weekly radio feature that I used to produce. And uh, so you get that delivered to your email. Uh, you get your name published on the uh, on the live stream. We do a crawl, what they call a crawl. It's like credits in a movie. And you'll see your name there, uh, those of you in the Rogue Researcher group. And uh, actually, if you if you watch if you're watching on the uh, the live stream tonight, you'll see your name float by. Uh, so that's the uh, the rogue researcher tier for five dollars, and then the truth seeker tier for ten dollars a month. You get an episode of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, uh, which incidentally is not currently available anywhere uh, anywhere else. That is, but if you're a a truth seeker, uh, one of my Patreon supporters, you get that uh, delivered to your email as well. And then the star chamber for $50 a month, you get the strange planet feature, the rock and roll twilight zone, and you get a thank you letter from me. Uh, plus you get once a month, you get an on air mention. All right. So again, that's uh, patreon.com slash strange planet. So, uh, according to Forbes magazine, Bill Gates is funding a project that will dim the sunlight in order to cool the Earth. The research is called Stratospheric Controlled Disturban- Disturbance Experiment. Stratospheric Controlled Disturbance Experiment, or SCOPEX, 
for its acronym in English. It's carried out by scientists from Harvard University, and it has the purpose of achieving uh, that the sunlight is reflected outside the atmosphere uh, of our planet. And this solution would be achieved by spraying tons of non-toxic calcium carbonate, that's CaCO3, into the atmosphere. And um, Matt Landman is here to discuss. He's been tracking this for many years. And Matt has gained recognition as a leader in 5G and geoengineering chemtrail awareness activism. He presents unprecedented and view-changing information directly from official documentation and accepted research. He created the social change documentary Frankenskies, bringing awareness to ongoing atmospheric aerosol injections, chemtrails, weather modification programs, and geoengineering. He's hosted a series of conferences, events, and protests concerning the questions surrounding chemtrails and relentlessly continues to speak out against the ongoing lies in our skies. And in 2018, Matt hosted the third global summit to stop geoengineering in Tucson, Arizona, uh, after which this sky dimming experiment was placed on ongoing hiatus, except now we know they are pushing ahead with it. And Matt uh, says that they are going to move from non-toxic calcium carbonate into uh, the heavy metals, things like aluminum, barium, strontium. Uh, in fact, they have been doing it uh, for decades, perhaps 30 years. Uh, so, Matt, the um, the effects of aluminum, we were talking about that, uh, Alzheimer, Alzheimer's and, and dementia. Uh, what about um, uh, heart attacks? For example, when has anyone tracked this? When when they start to see these chemtrails, uh, is there a corresponding spike in people showing up at uh, hospital emergency rooms with heart attacks? I've spoken to researchers who have um, tried to make correlations, but it seems like that the spraying has increased to such a level that it's, it would be very difficult to show because they spray almost every day now in a lot of areas. <laughs> Sadly. Right. And are there certain corridors uh, where chemtrail spraying or geoengineering is more prevalent? And there are, are there areas that receive relatively, relatively little or no spraying? That's a great question. A lot of people have asked me that because people actually want to just es- escape it altogether. Um, it seems to me like Europe and Ireland and the UK and regions in Canada and the United States get it the worst. There are um, places like in South America and Mexico that don't seem to get it as bad. It is a global issue. There is no escaping it. And once it does launch full-scale deployment and they say that they're going to be doing it for your own good and it's on the front page of the paper, it'll be everywhere. It'll be everywhere all at once. But definitely people that I know that have moved to Mexico, they send me photos of the sky and they tell me that there's very few chemtrails compared to, like I lived in Vancouver, Canada. It's, it was so bad there. I lived in places on the coast of California where it's, it's, it's almost every single day. And there's places in the Midwest or 
in um, Arizona, for instance, where you'll get breaks for a few weeks. It just really varies, and it varies where you are in terms of weather uh, patterns. If there's a lot of manipulation that has to get done because the jet stream comes through your area, then you're going to see a lot more chemtrails. But it's not always spraying chemicals on you or nano experiments or anything like that. Sometimes it's just manipulating the weather. It's hard to really know what exactly is going on when there's no scrutiny or transparency in our skies. Now, of course, the the debunkers, the skeptics, uh, say, you know, there's no such thing as chemtrails. What you're seeing in the sky are what they call persistent jet contrails. Now, even Rosalind Peterson acknowledges or acknowledged, the late Rosalind Peterson acknowledged that there there are things called persistent jet contrails. Uh, and, and in fact, they may be more responsible for the heating of our atmosphere uh, than 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 many other things combined these because these these persistent persistent jet contrails they could start out as and i think people have seen this they start out as this little narrow band in the sky and then they expand and uh peterson points out that they they can expand to as much as four thousand kilometers across and last up to 20 hours so talk to me about uh, persistent jet contrails as opposed to chemtrails, right? They're two different things, but persistent contrails are also a problem, are they not? So when Rosalind Peterson was referring to persistent contrails, she was just playing the game of the terminology. Um, As far as I'm concerned in my research, and if you look into the tropospheric aerosol program of the Department of Energy released in 2001, the contrails are referred to as precursor gases, You've got to know that different chemicals are being sprayed. You'll, you'll see a line that's a medium size and then a line that's shorter and then a line that's longer. There's three different chemicals being mixed in the atmosphere. Oftentimes you'll see them sprayed side by side and then it's very evident that there's a mixing going on. The high bypass turbofan jet engines that were released in the mid 60s, they took away the heating element. So there's no hot air being blasted from these jet engines. So the persistent contrail is the same as the chemtrail. It's just a different chemical being mixed. The whole hot air creating condensation in a humid atmosphere, that's all a con and a diversion and a distraction. And it's actually a divisive tactic to get people um, divided on the topic. Oh, is that a contrail? Oh, is that a chemtrail? Oh, which one is it? I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. I can't tell. Well, when you see the plane in the sky that's flying and there's nothing behind it, that's normal. And when you see something coming out of the back, it's a chemical being mixed in the sky. I know that's an elaborate, orchestrated, nefarious operation going on. It seems too big to be true. But yes, the small thing being sprayed could just be a precursor gas. When there's a lot of clear days in a row and then the planes start to show up and they, uh, they're actually priming the sky... You can see drones and planes zigzagging every which way, but they'll be leaving the shorter trails. Oftentimes, they're just getting the sky ready like they're priming um, a painting or it's like making a base for a soup. You know, you've got to get the sky ready to lay out the other chemicals because different chemicals mix together to do whatever they want to do with what they're doing. Right. And you mentioned uh, drones. Um, Are they... 
I mean, if they were you, if they were doing this with commercial airliners, surely someone would 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 see this and blow the whistle. Or are we talking about military transport planes like the Hercules? What are they using in terms of aircraft? Primarily, it's it's a drone operation, and they they'll stick to uh, certain regions, and so it's all these different regional drone operations going from A to B and B to A, back and forth from these bases that can be um, in the water uh, in terms of like aircraft carrier stations and whatnot, uh, because I've, I have seen these going back and forth on the coastal um, coastal bases, like in California and whatnot. But the primary is drones, but I do think that there have been reports of, for instance, Ryanair in Europe having such cheap flights because they have sprayers outfit. And people do blow the whistle. There have been people step up, that step up. But oftentimes I highly doubt that anybody is willing to put their neck out there when there's such a covert, dark, seedy. Like this is a very, very black ops operation. If you're going to go public with saying that you know some internal elements of this, you're going to end up like Ted Gunderson, who is an FBI chief, who got very vocal about this, and then his heart exploded. Mm. Um, I guess we'll have to wait for a, maybe a deathbed confession or something like E. Howard Hunt and the Kennedy assassination before we get to the, uh, we get to the truth. Um, what uh, it, connection, if any, I had someone email me the other day asking me to do another show on Morgellons, and it's been ages. I have, I have done shows on Morgellons, uh, but it's been a while, but maybe we can touch on it here. I don't know if there is any connection between this strange skin condition uh, that, that people talk about where they have sometimes uh, they feel like, you know, there are insects all over their skin and they just can't get any relief. They scratch and scratch and scratch and doctors tell them it's psychosomatic. It's all in their head. Uh, some people uh, have have sent me pictures with tiny, almost look like multicolored wires coming out of their skin. And some people have suggested to me that there is a connection between chemtrails and Morgellons. Have you have you touched on that in your research? Definitely. So at the different conferences that I've hosted, I've tried to gather the top researchers in the chemtrail space all the different activists on a global level. I've had smaller events, about a dozen or so, but the Global Chemtrail Summits, I gather the top minds. Um, I got Terry Lawton um, from Ireland. He has a website, climatechangeagenda.com. I've had Ilana Freeland. She wrote a couple books on the subject, and also Clifford Carnicom. I met him in Tucson. I filmed him for Frankenskies 2, interviewed him, and he spoke at the conference in Tucson, and he is the top researcher on Morgellons disease and claims that Morgellons comes from the aerosol spray. So Morgellons is very complicated, and it's hard to say exactly, in my eyes, exactly where it comes from. It was claimed by doctors to be psychosomatic, but now they're acknowledging that it exists, but they're saying that it comes from... Um, mutations from Lyme disease or something like that from Lyme, I wouldn't be surprised if it came from genetically altered 
foods. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a combination of stuff. Definitely there's some weird stuff going on with the chemtrails. It's not just geoengineering. It's not just weather warfare or weather modification. There's also some experimentation going on with spraying uh, desiccated red cells, red blood cells with viruses. And, and, tr and, and if you watch Franken Skies, you learn that in the United States, the city of St. Louis was sprayed with radioactive elements, even outfitting station wagons to spray neighborhoods with radioactive elements to see how many children would die from it. So the U.S. and the citizens of different countries have been experimented on with the aerosolization of different chemicals and I think also nanotubes, self-replicating carbon fiber nanotubes, all sorts of high-tech stuff. And we're definitely heading into a dystopian transhuman reality where they're going to be, well, they're injecting people with mRNA-altering vaccines. This is a reality. DNA-altering vaccines, which is a reality. They're talking about nanobots to upgrade or run or compromise our immune system. And these nanobots are going to need updates and upgrades, which might come from the Internet of Things, 5G technology and what have you. Um, I, launched, I launched an EMF-protective clothing line called Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O. Please check out sparrowgear.com. I make these foam bags that I drop my phone in and I, I eliminate the tracking and tracing from COVID and whatnot, which is really popular. But it's so, in, so important to understand all these different variables. So the Morgellons, these crawling fibers out of people's skin, is it coming from nanobots, high-tech stuff in the chemtrails? It's quite possible. I can't conclude 100%, and I've done a lot of research on it, but there is a condition that people are suffering from, and it, it breaks my heart, and I know it's real because I've talked to these people, and they've sent me photos of these fibers that seem very high-tech that are crawling, that are coming out of their skin, you know? But um, I think there's a, there's a lot of playing God out there with, genetically modifying things and splicing different X, this and that. And I, I can't imagine vaccine industries injecting people with DNA from someone else, you know, and all these other chemical constituents and not seeing these and not expecting very weird reactions from, from humans, you know. I, can't, I, I wouldn't imagine human beings be, being subject to so many different things and not having very weird reactions. But I also think that there is a dystopia on the horizon where we get pushed into a transhuman reality when people cannot procreate to the degree that they can nowadays. You know, And in that dystopia, the nanobot normalization will be on the horizon. And you know, it seems like that before these things are consented to, they're already done to us. And then, they, and then they ask if they can do it to us. And that would be the case with some advanced Morgellons type thing too. So it's really hard to say and maybe only the future will tell. Uh, we have a few minutes here before the break and we'll talk now and then continue after the break. But I want to ask you, you, you touched on this and that is the, the connection or how, how things like uh, geoengineering may be working in concert with 
the uh, the high altitude auroral research uh, project. This array of of antennas up in the Copper Valley in Alaska, and there are other installations that are supposed to be sort of superheating the ionosphere. Uh, how are they connected? How are they working together? What is the the object? Well, there was HARP. H-A-A-R-P, which is an acronym that stands for, I believe, the Highly Active Auroral Research Program. And it's basically this football-sized field of 50-foot-tall antennas. And all these antennas will pick a focal point in the atmosphere, and they'll superheat that focal point by having Tesla technology intersect radio waves. So radio waves are intersecting each other and microwaving, essentially microwaving a focal point in the atmosphere that can be uh, as large as a few miles or even thousands of miles. And they'll do that to create a high-pressure bubble to maybe steer a jet stream or create a heat wave or whatever. So that HARP antenna array was passed on from DARPA to the University of Alaska and in the film Frankenskies, there's a congressional meeting where it's handed down to um, the public, basically. Well, that technology was shrank down into these ionospheric heaters, and now they're deployed, mobilized, and they're all around the world. Okay? And what, they, what happens is the, the planes will spray, and no, it's not coming out of the engines. I hope I clarified that earlier. There yeah, yes, are drones that are outfit with sprayers. And oftentimes, if you zoom in, you can like, see a massive sprayer on the back of these things. And the, the problem is that we can see it happening in plain sight, but they're telling us slowly but surely, we're going to do this for your own good. So it's almost pointless to wake up now because we're waking up to the reality that it's happening and they're doing it for our own good, maybe. And maybe they'll keep saying it's calcium carbonate. You know, it's really hard for us to prove what they're spraying when it's so high in the sky. Maybe they'll keep saying, oh, yeah, we're doing that when they keep, you know, spraying the aluminum, right? Right. But, um, okay, I'll, I, I got to jump in here, Matt. We'll take another yeah. time out. We'll come back and we'll pick up on HARP and its connection to geoengineering. And we'll also get into uh, 5G. Matt Landman stays with us. Frankenskies, the movie.com, the website. Back with more. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Also, if you're in the YouTube live chat and you have a question, uh, you can type that out. And Ryan, my live stream producer, will funnel that over to me. It's kind of a water bucket brigade. He'll send it to me on Skype, and then I'll ask uh, Matt your question. Uh, and as well, of course, uh, by phone, 416-360-0740 in the GTA, 416-360-0740, and toll-free from just about anywhere, one 866 Just a quick programming note before we get back to Matt, and um, uh, I, I don't know if you've been following this, but the U.S. Navy uh, has has some patents uh, not surprisingly, but they've got some patents on some technology they say will, this is a quote, engineer the fabric of reality. Uh, these uh, patents, they're calling them UFO patents, and they sound like they've been ripped from a, a science fiction novel. 
Uh, and uh, apparently they're doing things like they're working on a compact fusion reactor uh, that could power cities, uh, an engine that works using inertial mass reduction, uh, a, a hybrid aerospace underwater craft. They're dubbed the UFO patents. And uh, the War Zone, which is a magazine, has reported that the Navy had to build prototypes of some of these outlandish tech uh, to prove that they worked. Anyway, I, I mention this because uh, next week on the program, Dr. Paul LaViolette will be here uh, to discuss the U.S. Navy's UFO patents. All right, uh, Matt, we were talking before the break about the, um, the connection between uh, HARP and uh, geoengineering. And you're saying that a harp is kind of um, obsolete now. They have these mobile units, these uh, these arrays of antenna that they use to superheat the uh, the atmosphere. And they can use that to, to move the jet stream and so forth. So let's just dig down a little deeper in terms of how, how these devices uh, are working in concert with let's say, aluminum particulates or barium or strontium in the atmosphere. What is the purpose? Well, exactly. So if you can spray aerosolized metallics, and the two metallics, for instance, will be charged negatively and positively, and then they'll be mixed together to create a chemical reaction in the sky. But then when you've got an, a metallicized atmosphere, then they'll zap it, they'll microwave it. It's like stick a piece of aluminum foil in the microwave. You see what happens? That's what they're doing to the atmosphere. And if you can superheat, and, and, and it helps keep them elevated as well when they use the radio frequencies, intersecting radio frequencies to superheat the atmosphere. The, the metals help to, to really heat it and to keep it going. And that with that technology, they can create a high-pressure system to maybe create uh, a heat wave or a drought or to steer jet streams to make it rain or, or flood where they want or they've even created directional arms of the jet stream and created flooding and weaponized jet streams and ca caused things called an atmospheric river fire hose or you can exacerbate hurricanes and whatnot. They could actually squash and put out hurricanes if they wanted to, but instead they intensify them, and that technology is exemplified also in Frankenstein's the movie. Can they steer a hurricane, either the path of a hurricane into an, uh, a populated area or avert a catastrophe by steering it away? Uh, definitely. There's HAMP, the Hurricane Atmospheric Modification Pro Program, where black carbon soot was administered into the outer eye uh, wall and it intensified hurricanes and, and with the harp uh, high pressure uh, that they can build these walls, it's a, like when you can create a high pressure wall, it's, it's hot air going up. But when a weather pattern hits that, it has to move around it. So if you can create these walls, yes, you can steer tornadoes, you can create tornadoes, there's patents on these things. You can steer hurricanes, towards or away from population-dense areas. All the patents exist, the technology is there, and it's ongoing, but the public is just not informed. So, if, can you, you said you can hurt, you can, you can create or engineer a tornado. Can you, can you literally 
create a hurricane or simply steer them? Um, there's a, you can create and also steer. In the South Atlantic, there's an island called Ascension Island, and it has a complex um, harp system array, which they, they're not always identical, but, but they are ionosphere heating technologies. They don't all look the exact same. But on Ascension Island, there's this ionosphere heating Doppler system, um, DARPA-type system, and it said that this is where hurricanes are created on Ascension Island. That's where my research is shown. Now, is there a signature, for example, if you were to put uh, a satellite image of a natural hurricane next to a, let's call it a man-made engineered hurricane, is there a signature that you could look at and say, aha, this one's man-made, this one's natural? Um, I, I mean, it would be hard to say, but probably if you look at when they heat the sky, you can see the ripples in the sky. You know, it's like um, experiments of sound waves going through like a mist and then you can see these fine ripples. Or it's like if you throw a, a, a pebble into a pond and you see the ripples on the water, when you see these tight ripples in the sky, I mean, from satellite images, you can see great massive areas in the Pacific being superheated. And I would, I mean, basically if you have a trained eye, you can see where these hurricanes are being created. Yes. But it, it really takes a trained eye to be able to see, to understand what's going on and where. Uh, there was a, a famous weatherman, uh, I believe out West Scott, uh, his last name escapes me. I had him on the show. Uh, Scott Stevens. Well. Yes. Right. And and he 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 was a weatherman, a meteorologist, and he basically quit uh, because he came to to realize, at least in his mind, that that uh, it's not a case of some of the weather being modified. He said it's all manufactured. Uh, do you think is Scott did Scott Stevens get too far out over his skis with that statement, or what do you think? Is all weather modified and and manipulated? I mean, I. Well, to say that all the weather is modified is kind of a stretch, but I do believe that when we get rain, it's because someone has allowed it, you know? When there's fluffy clouds and there's no planes in the sky, I can tell that that's a very natural weather pattern. Scott Stevens, what he did when he was working in um, Colorado is he reached a point when he couldn't predict the weather as well as he could when he was becoming a meteorologist and when he was working on the news. There reached a point when it became very difficult to actually predict the weather. And so he started doing time lapse of the sky to try to understand what these cloud formations were doing and why. And all of a sudden he started to see the persistent linear cirrus cloud formations out of the back of jets. And somehow these jets were working in concert to manipulate the weather. And he started seeing that not only were they manipulating the weather, but that almost all of the weather patterns that he was seeing were being orchestrated. And then he started to calculate the weather changes and predict his weather forecast with the chemtrails in mind. And he started nailing it, which was amazing. But then the stations let him go because he talked too much about conspiratorial stuff. But he's, he's a fascinating story. And, and I think it's really great that he spoke out 
But to say that everything is controlled, it's not. There's times when there's fluffy clouds in the sky and things are happening the way that it is. But there's a moisture management system in the United States and probably the entire world. And if they want to drought out your small farm and gobble it up and hand it over to Monsanto, that's going to happen, you know. So, ah, that's interesting. So is that how it's being used? Let's say, for example, and, and we mentioned that there are private corporations now that have technology to at least change the, uh, what would you call it, the microenvironment in a certain area, let's say a little a valley somewhere. And they they want, and it's, and it's prime farmland. And that company wants that farmland. And so they could theoretically create a drought in that area in order to bankrupt the farmers, to force them out, and then come in and scoop up the uh, the acreage, maybe pennies on the dollar. Is that the is that the idea? Is that what what game they're playing? Well, also um, tornado devastated farmland and whatnot. Yes. That is the game they're playing. And then that starts to make a lot more sense to people when they ask why. If you tell them that there's very greedy corporate entities that want to devastate small business and gobble up their farmland to make this, you know, monocrop industry, big ag is a nefarious Conglomerate, just like the big pharmaceutical and telecom and all those other agencies that we that that we cannot let control everything. These corporations, you know. So at the end of the day, yes, that is absolutely true. And also, but not limited to extreme fires, all these other extreme events that you know the local, the the small farmer and the the small anybody that's. That's the people that are under attack, the people like me and you, and the, the people that that aren't the elite that can control the weather, that have a say, you know? Mm. The small farmer and the small businesses, I mean, if you just look at COVID and see the small businesses that are failing, the powers that be, they don't want these small entities to thrive. They want to eliminate the middle class. I mean, the farmer is the first to go in the, in the disruption of the food supply. I really start to question why Bill Gates is the largest farm land owner in the United States. If that man decided to just take a year off, we could see a food shortage just because of him. All right, we'll uh, pick that up on the other side. Matt Landman stays with us till the top of the hour. Phone lines open. I've got some questions from the live chat that I'll get to as well. Back with more of my conversation with Matt Landman on geoengineering right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. I'm just going to dive right into the uh, the live chat questions here. We've got a couple of why, uh, Weiwei asks, why, uh, Matt, why did they not make rain on the California and Australia wildfires? That's, I guess, kind of a rhetorical question, but uh, go ahead. Well, that's a great question. If they can, then why wouldn't they? And it seems like they want to create fear. And, and in a space of fear, then they can control the people that are in fear. 
And if we're locked in this place of fear, we're not going to be empowered and feeling like that we can think for ourselves. We're just going to be a deer in the headlights. And when the news comes out and says that they finally have a solution to those horrible, tragic fires, we're going to just lap it up because in a space of fear, we can't think for ourselves. So ultimately, it's to scare us into thinking that we need something, which is geoengineering, which is dimming the sun, which is but giving the keys to the planet over to a rogue group of, quote, geoengineers. All right. Uh, Newsgirl23 asks, is there anything not manipulated by the powers that be? That's kind of a far-reaching uh, question, but uh, uh, take that one, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um just go out into nature. I, I, every time I get into the forest or get into nature, I don't regret it. You know, sometimes I've got to peel myself away from the computer or my Facebook. Please be my friend on Facebook, Matt Landman. Um, I've, actually, I've got another website, actualactivists.com. Very empowering, lots of truth and amazing stuff. And, yeah, there's stuff that the powers that be haven't touched. You know, imagine that we have a soul. That can't be corrupted. But if you get out into nature, you can see that there still is, you know, some beauty out there. And there is a lot of stuff worth fighting for. And we ha all hope is not lost. Uh, all right. Uh, Jerome asks, um, he wants me to ask you, Matt, about the multicolored contrails, pink, orange, and black. He says, I've seen all of these recently coming out of the backs of various aircrafts. How are they different, and what do they mean? Pink, orange, and black uh, contrails. Well, sometimes um, the dark ones look dark because the sun is setting and they're just shadows. But also, there's different chemicals getting mixed up there. There's research showing that it's coal fly ash, that there's a, a dumping of the leftover uh, residue from burning coal in coal-burning power plants. There's, um, it just really depends. Oh, pink, for instance, has been shown to be lithium. There's Ann Fillmore out of Portland, Oregon, and she was studying these um, fogs that were coming off of the coast and off of coastal Oregon, and she would test the air, and lithium was showing up in high amounts. So oftentimes when you see pink, there might be um, a lithium dose, but different chemicals, different colors. I don't know exactly what for what. But I'd recommend if there's different colors in your sky and you happen to get some rain, get that rain water, get it analyzed. If your sky is orange all the time and you're feeling a little orange, get your blood sampled or your, you know, your hair tested. There's ways to kind of do the research on your own. And unfortunately, as an activist, you have to wear many hats and you have to become a forensics analyst and a meteorologist and a health expert and all these other things because you can't just trust your doctor anymore and whatnot. You know what I mean? Lithium. Uh, now, that's that's a, a drug commonly used with certain mood disorders. I think it's been used to treat uh, depression or bipolar uh, disorder. What would they be doing spraying lithium? Uh, pacification, similar to the fluoridation. Um, a lot of different things seem to be just to, like, tone people down and pacify them. But also... Um, if you, I started to study uh, Prince. Prince was talking out, speaking out against chemtrails before he passed away, and also Dick Gregory, um, another black activist. Dick Gregory was very vocal about it, and he said that manganese was being sprayed on 
the population in the ghettos of New York City and whatnot, and that people would erupt into violence. So sometimes they spray chemicals to make us passive, and sometimes they spray chemicals to make us violent. But also, I can't help but think that when 5G rolls out and more electromagnetic Internet of Things, frequencies are everywhere, and there's a cell tower every 500 feet and whatnot, and all of this, all of these different microwave frequencies are everywhere that they'll be able to fine-tune and really dictate even our mood if they want to, but you'll see a lot more manipulation when this um, frequency control grid is deployed. Uh, I remember back in the mid-2000s maybe, um, there was an article in, the, in USA Today and it was, of course, it wasn't on the front page. It was like, I don't know, page 20 of the front section. Go figure. And, and some, it was a leaked memo from, I think, the U.S., or maybe the Pentagon, but there was a leaked memo about someone had, they were blue-skying, putting lithium in the water supply uh, because they were anticipating some sort of breakdown in in, uh, in society, maybe a an economic, uh, some cataclysmic economic event, a depression. And so they thought that they could control people by putting lithium in the water. This was an idea that was floated. Um, and then nothing was heard from that story again. I looked for it. I couldn't find anything else. So do you think they're already doing that, putting water, uh, putting lithium in the water supply? Um, I definitely think that the water supply um, is experimented with, just like the food supply and the quote-unquote medicine and the air. Uh, you know, these these research experiments are ongoing. And if you learn about even like the MK Ultra program in the United States and the, the dosing of people with, with drugs, with experimentation of, I mean, like the experimentation, the Tuskegee Institute and whatnot, the experimentation of the populace of the, of the people of the United States has been ongoing for quite some time. It, we just have to do a little digging to find out and, and so many people have been subject to it in mass, and, and people are coming out of the woodwork with their stories of their MK Ultra and whatnot, that it's really not surprising that there's nefarious elements at play. I can't help but, you know, inform people to consider going backwards in technology. You don't need the 5G phone. You know, you really don't need the advancements that we've had over just recent years. And those, those phones from the not-so-distant past, they don't radiate as much. They don't have as much tracking on them. And once you start to, you know, learn about grounding and unplugging to recharge and disconnecting to really own yourself and not being manipulated so much, I mean, there's so much learning that we can do about blue light and just owning our own truth and really realizing that knowledge is empowering and knowledge is power. And once we start to do that, you know, all these experiments on us and attacks on us, they, they, they become self-evident and they become laughable because we can, we can own all of this once we know that we're actually under attack, you know? All right, one final timeout. We'll come back with Matt. I promise we will get into 5G and also more questions from the live chat. Back with more in a moment. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. All right, Matt, let's talk a little bit about uh, 5G. And, you know, they're they're busy now building the infrastructure. They're spending billions here in Canada. There's, you know, back and forth about who's going to get 
various deals to build the infrastructure and there's concerns about this company that's controlled by the Communist Party in China, Huawei, and uh, people seem to be focused on the security risks because they're afraid that the, and no doubt they are, building back doors and, and so forth, the Communist Chinese. Uh, uh, why wouldn't they do that? Uh, but but people seem to be less concerned about possible health effects. What, what concerns you most about 5G? Is Matt there? Did we lose Matt? 5G is actually, sorry, I had you muted. My apologies. So 5G that people don't understand, it's a completely new technology. It's different than 4G, 3G, 2G. All of those technologies are out the door once 5G comes. What 5G is, is it's an exponential increase in radiation levels. Your phone will be emitting about a thousand times more radiation than it was before. The reason being is 5G technology is a relay technology where you need this infrastructure of cell phone towers every 500 feet because the carrier wave, okay, that carries the information, it cannot travel very far because it's so small. So size really matters, and I'll, and I'll break this down really quick. So radio waves carry information, and we've got AM radio waves, and those are 100 feet in size, and they can go really far, and they don't disrupt human DNA or anything like that. And FM waves are 10 feet in size, and as the radio waves get smaller and smaller, you can carry more data on them. Well, this 5G radio waves, it's measured in millimeters, and it ranges from one millimeter to about 15 millimeters. But when you get down to this small, small size, it absorbs into everything it hits, including people, including bees or even clouds or water droplets or trees and whatnot. So the data cannot go very far. So they need cell towers everywhere, and they need the cell phones operating as cell towers, basically. So say you're walking down the street and people, there's all these people around you um, sending text messages and downloading videos and downloading mo- movies and acting, doing it on their phones or whatever they're doing. All that data is getting pushed along and it's going through your phone. It's not just your data going through your phone. It's all the information getting pushed down the stream, getting pushed as far as it can to the next cell tower, to the next cell phone in this like conveyor belt system. So it's completely different than like you getting on your cell phone right now and getting connected to your cell tower. It doesn't work that way because the frequency, the, the information can't travel as far as it used to. So now it relies on this network of all of the phones being involved and all of the phones relaying the information as far as it can. And that results in so much more radiation coming out of that phone to the extent that it will decimate like if you're wearing it, if, you, if you've got it in your pocket and you're a male, after a certain amount of time, I don't think that you will be fertile anymore. You know, I don't think that women after a certain amount of time will have eggs that can reproduce because this, the, the, the carrier wave that is 5G is so small that it's going to absorb into our bodies. It's going to absorb into our reproductive organs and it, and it will cause this dystopian children of men type future, if you've seen this movie, Children of Men, or if you've seen the dystopian um, other films where, um, for instance, A Handmaid's Tale. In Handmaid's Tale, the currency is fertility because there's a dystopia on the horizon. And that's why I've created a silver-lined clothing called Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, that is a Latin word for hope, where I'm making baby blankets, men's underwear, cell phone bags, and all these other products 
to try to mitigate this increase in radiation because it's, it's not going to be pretty when children that are conceived, born, and raised in this environment cannot reproduce. It's going to push this whole weird transhumanism dystopia, and the powers that be are going to act like that they didn't see it coming. So this sparrow clothing is almost like wearable, like a wearable Faraday cage. Is that the idea? Uh, pretty much, but the silver, it doesn't like, it's not as conductive as an actual Faraday cage. So it, protect, it protects and it mitigates, but it, um, it's, it's, it's harmless in the case. Like in, as, with a Faraday cage, it's actually like 100% and it's, it's, it, it protects from dirty electricity and it has to be grounded. But the technology of the woven silver or woven steel has been perfected over the past 30 years coming out of Asia, where it's very, very popular. And I'm not, re I'm not really reinventing the wheel. I'm just bringing something over here to help protect us that has been very popular in Germany, Israel, France, Korea, Japan, China for decades now. So it's similar about, uh, to a Faraday cage, and when you put your phone in the Faraday bag, essentially, and it cuts off your signal and you can't get COVID traced and tracked, it's basically a Faraday bag, yeah. What about linen, bed linen? Do you have sheets and things like that? I'm on the verge of that. I just came out with a baby blanket that I'm very proud of, and I've got men's underwear, and I'm coming out with leggings soon. I've got a, a, a unisex hoodie and T-shirts, and I do have this uh, sleeping bag that I've um, that I've got on that I haven't put on the website yet, but I'm, I soon will be coming out with scarves and yes, adult linens and even curtains. All right, give us the website again for the Sparrow um, clothing. Uh, S P E R O Gear uh, G E A R dot com or Sparrow Gear on Instagram as well. And S P E R O Sparrow, not the bird, but it's a Latin word for hope. All right, let's see if I can work in a couple of quick uh, YouTube live chat questions. GBGN1 asks, Matt, do you have any, any info on the artificial sun that China is making and its true use? Uh, that's very fascinating, the artificial sun. Um, when the current sun goes behind a bunch of like a mist or clouds, it looks like a perfect perfect disk already. And I do believe there's a very small group of nefarious characters, maybe working in conjunction with lower dimensional satanic elements that may have already put something in front of our sun, um, a, a sort of uh, sun simulator to try to disrupt the, the true essence that the download codes or whatever. But that's, that's all up for conjecture. And it, usually when characters like China or the U.S. government leak things like they're going to be doing something, it's because they've already done it. So I would, I would think that there's some interesting technology out there, and I, I never stop asking questions, especially when it comes to the stuff in our sky, including but not limited to uh, the sun and the moon and all of the different things that we have to wrap our heads around. You know, the lies never cease to amaze me. Uh, not Gordian. <laughs> I love these handles. Not Gordian asks, Matt, can you name some household products that have too much chemicals we should immediately stop using? Uh, there's that ramen, like the, the cheap ramen. It has a preservative in it. Um, TBHQ, I think it is. Um, whatever the abbreviation is, it's, it's abbreviated because it's so long that they couldn't include it in the, in the ingredients list. But this, that top ramen that seems like a cheap 
you know, bachelor food or whatever, it prevents you from uptaking minerals for like three days. So getting those preservatives out of your life, getting aluminum products like deodorant with aluminum, toothpaste with fluoride, you know, like be really conscious what you're putting into your body because your body is your temple. I personally try to eat very well. I, I do different chelation methodologies. I do detox baths with, um, there's a mustard bath that I do and Epsom salt baths. And I try to hit the sauna when I can, when it's not closed because of this um, COVID-1984 nonsense. But it's very important to mineralize and to eat healthy and to not eat a lot of sugar. A lot of people don't know that the sugar industry, if you're eating just sugar, it's probably GMO sugar beets. And for every molecule of sugar that you ingest, it takes 54 molecules of magnesium to process that one molecule of sugar. So it's important to understand magnesium and to get the magnesium in our body. Well, the central atom in the chlorophyll molecule is magnesium. So get your leafy greens and and understand that it's important to eat raw, eat healthy. Um, Learn about Dr. Sebi, an alkaline diet. You know, some of this stuff is so critical and so obvious. Got to leave leave it right there, Matt. We're out of time. But uh, again, Frankenskies, themovie.com, and Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear, G-E-A-R.com. A great pleasure, Matt. Thank you. We'll do it again down the road. Be well. You too. All right. Thank you to Carlos and Ryan. Back next week with Dr. Paula Violette. In the meantime, there is nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. And, uh, well, we're out of time. (laughs) Got to go. Bye for now. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.